And we're back. Nahu Mikey P. Uh, Mike Probozzi first over without Edison Hatter. And everyone loves when I say without Edison Hatter. Back for another week, and we have a really a great show this week. Uh, we have a, a, a couple guests here lined up, and uh, we're going to do some interviews. It was International Women's Day yesterday, and um, so we're going to have kind of a, a show uh, that's that's themed that way. We absolutely have the absolute top driver, uh, female driver, and I don't think that there's any question about that in Canada. And Nat Day joining us. Nat, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. First time on. Looking forward to it. And uh, of course, I have somebody with me who uh, is, you know, uh, becoming a staple, I think, on this pod and and somebody that he's, I always say he's one of my favorite horse players, probably one of the best horse players I know. He is uh, associate editor for Trot Magazine, Mr. John Rallis. Pleasure to be here, Mike. I think that should be a great guest, a great show. We've got a couple of great guests. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's starting to become our show more than Edison's. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the masses can agree now. Yeah, I mean, you know, here we are. We're here putting in work. Edison's like going to Florida, getting awards. He's sitting around doing morning lines. Uh, you know, he's busy. So we're busy, but we're still here doing work. And and uh, uh, so this week's show, a little a little different than usual. We do a lot of handicapping, and we'll get to that at the end of the show. Uh, but but let's talk to Nat now, who who's heading to Mohawk here. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, and, and Thursday night there's a couple of International Women's uh, Day drivers races, races one and three tonight, and you certainly have a couple live horses for that. Uh, what can you tell us uh, about th- what they're doing at Mohawk and and uh, you know the, the fact that you're participating? Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, last year, I think was the first year or second year that they did the International Women's Day race, and we had one race. And this year we've managed to bump it up to two. Um, we got, yeah, nine or so ladies that uh, have all put their hands up to participate in it. And it, it's great to see that, you know, some trainers have all got behind it and popped their horses in and, and are willing for us to, to have a chance at making them some money. And, and Now, did you pay attention to, I think they did a couple of these races at, at Meadowlands this past weekend. Did, did you pay attention to, to, to those races? Is that something that, that uh, you, you were in front of TV for? Yeah, I, I watched them. Um, I was actually previously scheduled to go to Nova Scotia, so I wasn't available to go to Meadowlands for, that, for those races. So, um, But I was watching closely because I had a close friend, Julie Walker. She was going down for it and Pam Forgey. Um, we all get along great on the circuit up here, so I was definitely like number one cheerleader for them down there. I was just, I was pretty much pep talking Julie the whole way down, going, "You got this. Just all you got to know is where the winner's circle is." So that's uh, that's they had a great time, and yeah, they unfortunately didn't uh, didn't get too much money, but yeah, they had a great time, and it was a great experience for them. And you know, Julie ticked off a bucket list item was to drive at the Meadowlands, and uh, yeah, it. It was a great concept, and again, good to see they got two races for it, and they had like something like 20 women put their hand up to drive for it, so that was really good. From all over as well, a couple of girls from Denmark, and uh, yeah, we had a couple of girls, three girls from up here in Canada, and the rest were filled up with people from the States, so it was very openly represented. Yeah, and I find those races very interesting, and and I think it's great. I mean, I, I feel like that that we should do more things like this, and and I I feel like that that um, 
you know, the marketing for harness racing should should be more, I think, inclusive to, um, you know, to including the women more. I, I feel like that there's there's not enough of that. I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. Um, I mean, there's definitely the way I see it. There's not quite enough women out there who are driving on a regular basis, and I feel like we need to do something to try and promote that a little bit more to get more women incentive to get out there and actually drive in amongst the guys, not just in their own all-female race. Um, I'd like to see women out there 24-7 driving on the tracks. And you know, and not just women that are training their own horses or driving for their husband or whatnot. I want to see women out there driving because that's what they want to do as a passion, as a livelihood, and as a career. So I want to see girls that are going to qualifiers and trying to pick up outside drives. I think this is the thing that we need to be pushing more than just having individual women's races and for women only. Um, we need more women representing us as a whole in harness racing. Yeah, and I think that's pretty interesting that you say that because you're you're going up against the boys at the uh, the guys against the V tracks and holding your own, and I think it's pretty indicative of that. That I mean, it was, this is twenty twenty three. Anyone can do whatever they set their mind out to do, and you're obviously doing a great job um, going up against them. And like I said, holding your own. So you're more than capable. You've proven that is. You, you have a lot of success over at um, especially Western Fair. Is, that, is it something that – do you mind just sticking around? There's, would you like to come to Mohawk and drive a bit more if the opportunity prevented itself, presented itself? Or, um, Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I enjoy going to Mohawk and driving and especially driving against, you know, the guys up there, Jody Jameson and James McDonald and those guys that, you know, Bob McClure, they're, they're driving at Grand Circuit level as well. So, I mean, that – that hones your skill level to another whole other area as well once you start driving against them all the time. So, I mean, I take my own horses down to Mohawk. I drive for other people down there. It's just I don't get as big an opportunity to go down there because generally, you know, I find a lot of the trainers sometimes are the opinion once they go to Mohawk, they want the, uh, the, the A-track drivers on because they feel like you're just not quite going to be sharp enough to drive against them, which... You know, it's a, it's a catch-22. Well, how can you be good enough to drive against them if you don't get the opportunity to drive against yeah. them? So, you know, I, I'm i all for, you know, getting the opportunity down there. It's just a matter of finding it, getting in the right stable and getting that chance. And, you know, a lot of it's luck and cards just all have to fall your way sometimes. And it's, you know, it's getting there, but it's a very slow process. Yeah, and kind of talk to us a little bit about how you, I mean, how you first started and... um Kind of what was the uh, reception to when you said that you wanted to be involved with horses and especially race? Were, were people welcoming to it? Were they kind of just against it because you were a female? Um, well, when I first came over here to Canada, you know, I had Becky Geisel. She was one of the first people to, to put me down on horses. I was going to qualifiers and, and trying to put myself out there that, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm willing to drive and I'll drive anything. And, uh, you know, I... It was a very slow start. You know, people weren't really that keen. But I also had my own horse in training as well. So that helped. That put me on the mark as far as they could see me out there and driving one of my own. And he was winning. So, you know, it, it that helped. Like I said, Becky Geisel, she gave me a chance at the qualifiers one day. Um, she needed a driver. And I was there. There were not many guys there. So it just kicked off from there. And it's still hard to pick up drives. It's still hard to get that perception across that you know just because I'm a girl 
doesn't mean I'm not as strong as some of the boys or I can't handle a horse as good as some of the boys or, you know, I can't think as quick as what the boys think out there. It's, it's definitely um, a little bit more of the sexism here compared to where I'm from in Australia. We've kind of already passed that and, and pressed on and our leading drivers are females, whereas here we're still set in this old boys club a little bit and it's just hard to break the mould. Yeah, you talk about being in the right stables. It seems to me you've been been driving for uh, Cassidy, Cassidy Snyder a little bit, and you had a nice win last night uh, on one of her horses. Talk about uh, getting in and, and driving some of her horses because I mean she she has they have quite a few and they've got some good horses. Yeah, they have quite a few horses. Um, you know, it's all about placing them in the right classes too. And when they're in the right classes, they they're always competitive thereabouts. Um, you know, it's you just got to get picked up by the right person at the right time who wants to give you a chance and, you know, get on the right horse, basically. So it helps that, you know, I, I kind of drive anywhere for Cassidy, wherever she wants me to go, I'll go. Um, you know, we did last summer all the way down to Leamington, which is a two-hour drive, and it's like a it was like a three-and-a-half-hour drive for her. Um, but she'd, she'd load up the trailers with six or seven horses and take down, and, you know, that that helps when you have trainers that are willing to do that with a large amount of horses to follow you wherever you want to go to, to get the numbers up. So that helps. It's, it's just, I think we need more of that. I'm, I'm trying to get more of those quality horses where I can move up to, you know, I drive at Flamborough, but it'd be nice to move up to Mohawk every once in a while, maybe once a week to be able to drive down there. Yeah, and the and the more you drive, the the more exposure you get, and and then it's just like any anything else. You know, the better you do, the more people are interested, and and that's you know, but you guys are independent contractors. It's it's not like that. Uh, you know, you have to if you're not winning, you're basically not not eating. Uh, it's 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 you hate to to be that that cryptic about it, but it's true. I mean, you have to be able to perform to to win, and and the fact that you're out there and doing everything you can to to try to get drives and. And, you know, th- this is your livelihood. And, and when you are in there, you're, you're, you know, you might even, you're on 40 to one, but you're trying every time you're doing everything you can to, to get money for these horses. And, and that, that needs to be noticed, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's, I go to the track every week, like, uh, I think it was Tuesday night. I went for one drive down mm-hmm. to London. It's a 20 minute drive for me. It's a half an hour. It's not that far. But it's still the fact that you have to get up, you've got to go, it's the cost of fuel. You know, you spend your night down there for one drive. I was lucky, the mare, she raced good. Um, I earned money, I came home, everything was great. But, you know, like you said, we don't get paid a a fee for going or anything like that. We're turning up and if we don't make money and we don't drive at our best, then, you know, trainer doesn't make money, we don't make money. So that's, that's where at least the owner, generally owners are getting paid by uh, the trainers are generally getting paid by the owners. They've kind of got something to at least still put meals on the on the table at the end of the day, whereas we kind of don't. We're relying on ourselves. So that's it's hard. It's hard. And if I'm driving a 40 to one shot, I drive it no different to if it's one to five. You know, I try to give that horse every possible opportunity to make money for its owners, its trainers. And, you know, you do a good job, you might get another drive next week. And speaking of, I mean, we were just talking about it. You know, Mike, she's going to be there tonight for a couple of drives, and we were just speaking about if she'd like to get a couple more opportunities. I believe, Nat, you're going to be there on Monday with Sizzling Hot Herbie with the, with the horse that you train yourself. Kind of talk about how you 
feel like that one fits in um, fits in with the ones that you're taking on on Monday. I believe it's race six you're, you're in against uh, in the non-winners of 9,000 condition. Yeah, he's uh, he has to go down to Mohawk now because he's basically uh, raced his way out of the preferreds at London. Um, so I, I've got to go and try and drop some money off the cards, which, I mean, he, he does fit down there, but he's not the best. You know, he, the track... It doesn't. He likes the, the smaller half mile tracks. Um, he's competitive at Mohawk. Like he'll nab you a fourth, fifth, you know, thirds. But you're also you're pushing him all out to the finish the whole way. So he really likes the half mile tracks, and that's basically what I'm doing there on on Monday. We're just going to take him down there, and you know, if I pick up a check, that's great. We pay pay my bill for the week, but we also need to run some money off the cards so that I can eventually get him back to where he fits at London in the preferred. So, it's, yeah. you know, the way the programming is at the moment, it's, again, it's a catch-22 with how you have to race your horses. And, um, yeah, it's it, that's just the, the times, the way it is right now. Well, you have so much success and then you kind of uh, price yourself out of the preferred. You've got to move up to a higher class somewhere else. It's kind of like so much more dominating the mares, right? Now she's now she's up against the boys because she just dominates that one class. So you kind of uh, you're kind of forced into a, a class that maybe is a little out of reach or not, but I guess uh, that's, just, that's just the way it is. It's, it's kind of weird. You're, you're getting penalized for having success in, in a sense, right? So, 100%. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things where in that sport where you get penalized for having a good horse and it's, you know, it's, it's hard, and especially when I don't have an owner paying for this horse, so I own him myself. You know, I can't afford to not make money for a month. You know, you've that's just the programming thing at the moment, and, you know, maybe that needs looking at. It's it's a shame that when you've got top-class horses for, for B tracks, for the half-mile tracks, and you get chased out of there, um, and you have to go somewhere else where it's so much harder... And you have to destroy your horse basically in a class where they don't belong. So it, it's hard. It's, it's just a matter of management now with him when you hit that top level. So, well, I have to ask you because uh, you know last year the Ontario Women's Driving Championship, and I, I figure you probably know this is going to come up, but uh, it, it was just a, an absolute uh, amazing day that you had at London. Uh, six straight winners. It was it was like LeBron James against against uh, you know a high school team that night. I mean, you just were winning with everything, and and, and Twitter was absolutely ablaze that night. I mean, what uh, talk about that a little bit? Talk about you know just how that night went, and and just it had to be amazing. It was it was good. It didn't really sink in really until maybe a day or two later. <laughs> um, it was just like a normal day for me on the job. It was just go out, try to win, try to get as much money as I possibly can, even though we were donating everything. Um, you know, I just try to drive for the trainer, basically. I kind of tuned out the fact that it was a championship and it was the final. And, you know, we got the first two races over and done with, and I was like, all right, well, that was good. You know, the rest, it doesn't matter what happens now. And then it just kept on rolling. And I was like, oh, okay, so... It, by the time I got to the last one, I was completely oblivious as far as what was happening. It was just the fact of, you know, we're just winning races and just doing our best to get as far in the prize money as we can. That's all. I was kind of totally tuned out to the fact that it was, you know, possibly history being made or that, you know, it was six in a row. It was just another day on the job. 
Yeah, and well, the best part about it, it was it was for a great cause too. That event, right? I believe it was the Harness the Hope uh, campaign. Yep, yep. Harness the Hope. So everything was donated. Um, all of our drivers' prize monies, everything was all donated to Harness the Hope. And you know that that's the main thing that we were helping people that need help. So yeah, yep. uh, and, and you yep. put on a show while doing it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was definitely quite the show that night. Well, you got uh, your two big races tonight at Mohawk. Uh, we'll definitely be watching. I think you have live shots in both of them. Uh, yeah, you have one for Cam McQueen in the first race, four four. It looks like the speed in there, and then in the third race also tonight, uh, Diamond Rock second off the claim um, or off the layoff. I'm sorry, uh, another horse I think has a live shot. Did, did, have you looked at the program for tonight? Yeah, I had a look. Um, four for all, he's definitely the speed horse in that race. Um, basically, it'll Cam's already given me the instructions on that one, so it'll be just down the road, hopefully. Um, and the other horse, I've already spoken to the trainer about him as well, and he just said he's a lazy big horse, but, you know, if I can wind him up and, and get him somewhere close and handy, he should be there at the finish. So that, that will be my main objective, so... But you never know in these races. You may think you have all the speed, but I tell you what, some of these girls can get speed out of these horses that you never knew were even there. So um, some horses just seem to go for some of these girls out the gate. Well, it should be fun, uh, fun to watch for us. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun for you. I, I hope you have a great time, and um, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. I, I'd love to have you again, especially maybe this summer. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be planning on some Hanover and, and things like that uh, this summer. But, um, you know, we'll definitely be, uh, be watching and, and be in touch and, and uh, appreciate your time. No problems. Yeah, I haven't really decided where I'm going for the summer, what tracks I'm going to pick at yet. So uh, I'm going to play that by you when it comes around and just depends on who's got the most horses going where. And, uh, yeah, but uh, I'll definitely wouldn't mind joining you guys again. All right. Thanks a lot. And, thanks, um Matt. Thank you. Okay, so we're back for our second interview of the day. And uh, Nahu Mikey P, Mike Probozzi, uh, John Rallis still here with us, uh, associate editor of Trot Magazine. And we have another special guest, International uh, Women's Day this week. And we have one of the absolute top drivers in harness racing. And uh, Lauren Tritton joining us. Lauren, welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you. And uh, I know that this past week you, you, you did a, a lot of media. You, you did In the Sulky uh, with, with uh, Jess Otten. You did uh, you had the, a couple uh, female driving races at Meadowlands, and, and you took one of those down. Uh, t- talk about that experience and talk about your weekend. Yeah, look, I've had a big week. I kind of forgot what my job was, but... Uh, I, uh, it was, it's been a great week for women, um, International Women's Month. Um, we celebrated at uh, Meadowlands for the, the International Women's Driving Race, which was such a thrill to be a part of. Um, great bunch of girls and a lot of talent. Uh, fortunately, I was enough to, to take one of those heats out, which was great with uh, the Irish trotter Harry Nose. Um, which was really good, and I, I really hope that's something that Meadowlands continue to participate in. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It was it was great. I, I love you know, and and they do a lot of that in Canada also. Uh, just showcasing a lot of the the um, 
the female talent in the sport and, and the, the driving side. And that there's a lot of, of females involved in, in the training side and the caretaking side. I mean, it's, it's, everyone thinks it's a male dominated sport, but I, I don't, I mean, the men get more of the notoriety and the visibility, but I, I do feel like that there's a ton, a ton of females that, that make, make the, the cogs go. So talk a little bit about that too. And, and I know your husband's a trainer. I'm sure that you're doing a lot of work around the barn and training and things. Talk about that. Yeah, look, um, absolutely. I, I think uh, from from the the showcase on the on, during the week with the girls, um, you know, I'm obviously new to this country, and I wasn't aware that there were so many girls, um, you know. And it was so good to see them uh, come out and and not be afraid and showcase of what what they're capable of doing. Um, and I'm sure if more girls had the opportunity to to have a race, that they could you know, showcase themselves, that they, they would absolutely throw their hands up and I'm sure they, they would be, you know, num- numbers of, uh, of women ready to, ready to go and would give it a go, um, you know, and, and there is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that, that in this sport that women actually do, you know. Um, you know, and you, you're not aware of it because, it, it, you know, they're not, out, they're not the ones out there in the, in the race on the TV all the time, um, you know, and, and I, I'm sure they would love to, showcase what they can do so i mean last year uh, lauren was your first was your first time um i mean racing in north america like first first full-time racing in north america can you kind of talk about what it was like and and did you know that you had the ability to, to do it here at this level like i know you had success um back home driving but last year i mean 93 starts 32 wins that's over 33 percent of the time you're winning races i mean male or fe- male or female that's a phenomenal number and did you know that you were able to do it at this level when you get when you got here. Um, look, honestly, it, I'm just doing my job, you know. And if it wasn't, it wasn't for um, it being a little bit, um, you know, of a more of a male-sided sport in this country, um, I, I wouldn't have taken any notice to it. Um, you know, back home, it's you know there was me and I think three or four other women that fought out the premiership every year so you know it's it wasn't a it wasn't such a foreign thing but you know I'm just doing my job and hopefully I can keep being good at it now one of the wins that you got this week was with um was with an Australian shipper actually is a uh, lock and bar art a talk about that horse and did you that that horse looks poised to have a great year. It paid into a couple big races here in Canada, like the Canadian Pacing Derby. Uh, his first start out, he gave a great drive against a, a really good group of horses and, and delivered at five to one. And then next start out, drives at Yonkers a few weeks later. And again, you just n- looked like you were never worried. Gave a patient drive, and then when you pulled him out, let him pace. I mean, he was pacing really well um, at the wire. Talk about that horse and what you think he's capable of this year. And and did you know about that horse before uh, with in your time in Australia at all, or have you ever driven him in the in the past or? Yeah, so uh, Lachlan Barrard is obviously a down under champion. You know, I think he he's won uh, 1.6 million Australian dollars, which is very hard to do. And I've raced that horse since his uh, first racing start career, so um, I know exactly what he's like. Um, he's such a champion. He's a he's a warrior, and, and he gets better every every start he has. Um, Shane's done a tremendous job with this horse. He he's taken his time with him and made sure that he has a long, healthy. Prom- pronounced career and um you know we're just everything touch water has gone uh great going into the Bagata series and uh we're just really looking forward to do uh racing him and uh he's such a pleasure to drive he's very versatile and 
you know, he just knows his job. Um, he's a, he's a he's a mean beast. You know, he knows that he he's got one job, and and he'll fight any horse that comes his way. And um, you know, we're really excited for for what's ahead for him. And assuming that he does race a couple times in uh, here in Canada, like a couple of those big stakes events at Mohawk, will you be coming down to drive? Is that a horse that you're going to be looking to drive um, all season? Absolutely. I don't think I could uh, handle sitting at home behind the TV. Um, I, I, I definitely think that's something I need to pack the kids and the, and the husband in the car and uh, take the trip. And just going back, just touching on like um, a couple of these um, shippers coming from abroad, does your experience uh, living and racing in Australia and maybe even with some other horses, does your, does this give you a, the upper hand, do you think, on scouting horses like uh, in terms of bringing them over here? And do you think that you're going to bring in any other Australian shippers over to North America? Oh, look, you know, we just take it as it comes. You know, we're always on the lookout for, for our next star. And, um, you know, we're quite content with what we have at the moment. You know, we've got some nice horses like uh, another masterpiece and Nendolo, uh, Maybelline, you know, so we're, we're uh, and Harry knows, you know, so we're, we're always looking for that next star. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely up there with, with uh, some, some of the best things we've done since, since bringing horses over and, uh, you know, we, we can't wait to travel with them and especially, you know, coming to, to Canada to, to show what we, what we got. And kind of touching about it, like without a doubt, you're the top uh, female driver out of North America and um, hopefully you can have a, a long career. But here in Canada, we have Natasha Day. I don't know if you're, were you ever familiar with her? Have you ever competed against her out in uh, Australia? Yes, yes, yes. Tash does a really good job, and it's so good to see that she's doing so well. And you know, hopefully, we can catch up soon. Oh, one thing I, I caught whenever I, I caught your your interview with Jess on in the sulky, and and you talked a lot about whenever you were first starting and you were basically driving double cards and and grinding and and you know winning five hundred races in a year. Talk about that grind. Uh, and and that, that drive to me just shows you know that, that's how you know people are going to make it and do really well is to, to that drive is really almost impossible to you know teach. I think that that's something that comes within. Absolutely, it's very hard to teach with. I think um, you know I, I I've got a little sister, so I I, I understand what how hard that is to teach someone. But you know, it's you got to have a drive. You got to have the right mental state. You you know, you got to be able to work late nights. And you know, you, I never used to worry about a paycheck. I always just worried about my horses, or you know, the person's horse, the barn's horses that I was working for. You know, um, you, you, you can't teach that to people. You have to have a passion and a drive to to be able to work hard. And you know, I I didn't use I didn't see it as a job. I seen it I seen it as something that I loved and enjoyed doing, and and that's what drove me to do that. Do you think that it's the competition that drives you? Is it your passion for the horses that drives you? Like what what's what what's the main thing you think uh, I would um I love adrenaline I love the the rush of adrenaline you know I I have zero fear there's not many things that scare me uh I love that um and a passion for horses I, I love you know um winning on horses that have a you know a personal thing that I've you know either fixed or been trying to fix or you know a horse that just loves racing or you know just little things it's you know and it's, it's hard to explain I guess it's just the love that I have for the horses I guess now so now is, what is, is your, go ahead, 
you know, I was going to say, is your goal, for example, like, uh, you're obviously driving a lot of horses for Shane right now. Is your goal to kind of get gain the trust of other trainers so they can start listing you on some horses? Because you've proven you're more than capable. Like I said, we talked about the numbers last year. This year, you're off to a great start. Is that your goal to kind of gain the trust from other trainers so you can get listed on, on more horses? Look, I'm going to be honest. It's not something that I am looking for. I, I don't. I have two children, and it's not something that I would feel like I would be 100% committing to. I think um, driving here, um, you know, it needs to be 100% commitment of your lifestyle, and I, I can't do that. I have 30 horses and two children. Um, so I know I, I, I try and spare as much time as I can, but I, it's not something that I want to really look to doing. I, I just... I just want me, my, my goal is for me and Shane to be as successful as we can and, and our family to be as happy as I can. So that definitely be my goal. Yeah, for sure. Talk about a little bit, like how the crowds compare. What uh, What's a, a typical higher end meeting in Australia and the crowds there? Is there a lot of on track crowd? Is there, as you know, do, does, how does it compare, say, to a night at the Meadowlands, like on a big night? Yeah, so honestly, the other night, uh, it was the first time I'd been inside the casino for a long time. See, in Australia, our um, our racing paddock and our grandstands are right next to each other. Um, they're not as, as far away as what they are in this country. Like, I, I find the casinos are on the other side of the winning post. Um, where our winning post and paddock and grandstand are all on the same side. So you do see seem like there is more of a crowd. But um, when when they're also, it, our seasons are a lot warmer, our winters are a lot warmer, you can still be outside. So um, it's much of a motion as I think the crowds are, you know, we get the same amount of crowds, but you, you see in Australia the crowds a lot more bigger because they're all outside and they're all on the same side as the horses. And we actually... Um, go out on they call us out onto the track 18 minutes before the race and the horses actually walk around in a parade circle for like four or five minutes before the race so the crowd can come down and watch their horses walk around in a circle before they go out and do their post parade um so that does draw in the crowd a lot more um but going into the casino on international women's night um there was a, a huge crowd and it was such so good to see for Meadowlands. Yeah, they do get big crowds there. One question, other one more thing from me. I think maybe John might have something else. But you know, now nowadays we have all this online, and you have social media influencers and different people that are influencers. But you're you're the basically the top female driver in the sport right now. Do do you kind of think of yourself as an influencer, somebody that that, that maybe people would look up to and and kind of model themselves after? I I hope so. Um, you know, I wouldn't name myself because I I I don't I don't want to do that. But I would love if I mean something to someone. You know, if there's a, a I don't care if it's an older woman or a younger girl. I if I feel like I've done something to help them, that is definitely my goal. And I hope to God that I influence them to do that. Um, every time I win a race, I do have. You know, someone saying that thank you for doing that because you showed me that I might be able to do that, and I'm definitely watching you. You know, so that I feel like I achieved something that day, and, and that would definitely be something that I really would look forward to to doing is, is helping that, even if it's just one person. I don't care. You know, it's it's something that I feel like I've done right. And obviously, like this now, 
fast forward to this uh, weekend and a couple days on Saturday. You've got a, you're listed on a couple. You're you're gonna drive a couple. So back to Harry knows got post nine, and you have a Springsteen within the eighth race, I believe. Uh, post five. Talk about their chances and then how you think they'll fare this weekend. Oh uh, yeah, look, Harry knows. Uh, we were really excited about him winning. He finally showed that he can actually do things right and, and be very competitive. He's such a nice horse. It's just been really hard to help him find his legs um, going at speed. Um, coming from Ireland, obviously, they don't go that fast. Um, he's just such a, a good quality horse. And uh, I don't think post nine's going to worry him. It's obviously a harder field this week. But um, we're really, uh, really happy with how he's progressing. And um, I really like his chances. And I think Spring, he was asking about Springsteen also. I think you said that's your favorite horse right now, right? Yeah, yes, uh, Springsteen. I cop a little bit of crap for having Springsteen as my favorite horse since I have all these nice horses in my barn. But they didn't ask what my fastest horse was in my barn. They just asked what my favorite horse is in the barn. So, um, yeah, so Springsteen, he's, he's such a tricky horse. I mention this every week. He, he can't be 100% right. He's got to be 120% right every week. And it's the most difficult task I have is making sure Springsteen's right. Um, I don't think he was right last week. Um, there was a couple of little things that he come out of it after the race. So um, hopefully I can get them right this week. And he's drawn a little bit wider, but I think I need to, um, you know, uh, come out the gate a little bit and find a better spot than what I did last week. Yeah, and he's got a lot of back class to him also. So, I mean, it's whenever he does get himself right, he's he's uh, he's definitely capable. That's for sure. Yeah, he's definitely he's either right or he's really bad. So it's 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 just got to find that button, and you know he 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 came to me with a little niggling issues that I've had to make sure you know I maintain, and he loves his job still, and you know he's such he's such a pet of mine, but he's uh he he's still like I said he's still enjoying his job, and then that's how I'll keep it for now. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, good luck with these upcoming series races at Yonkers. I mean, these are these are huge races, and to get the the year started right, and it looks like you have some bullets to to roll in those races. So, all the best to you, and all the best to your husband uh, and your family. Continued success, and thanks for taking the time with us. Thanks so much for having me, and I hope to meet you guys soon in Canada. Yes, I hope to see you Canada during Grand Circuit season. Yeah. Okay, so we're back for the handicapping portion of this, and uh, this is for Woodbine Mohawk Park Saturday, March 11th, and uh, early pick five, $100,000 guaranteed pick five a pool per usual, and uh, go to woodbine.com backslash mohawk. Uh, there's a little link on the top of the page, free programs, and so you can get free programs every night there. You can check out the Horse Players Journal there. Robert Reed Jr. does an exceptional job. Uh, also, check out DRF.com backslash harness for Garnett Barnsdale's uh, analysis for all nights at Mohawk. Definitely worth your time. Uh, you can go to NahuPix.com for my stuff. John, first race, we got Pacers numbers of one. And these numbers of ones keep finding their way into this pick five on Saturday night. And uh, I know you like a horse in here. Uh, definitely a fan of of one of these. Who you like? Well, I'm going to go back. I mean, he's the morning line favorite in the in this race. You're definitely not going to get even close to the price that you got last week. Is to a champion, a horse that I was I was really high on last week as a 
as a sleeper pick. I was just really intrigued by uh, his start, two starts back on February 18th. Took some weird support. Uh, 70 to 1, three starts back. And then, I mean, uh, Sylvan runs into him, kind of interferes with him, takes him out of the race along with a couple other contenders. Comes out at 7 to 1 the week after. And Jody leaves with him aggressively, sits in the two hole, looks a bit overzealous. And he steps on Louis Wa's wheel, and then the horse ends up um, running. So then, obviously, like you, you're, you're back in the same field the week after. And I said, you know what? This might be a horse worth taking a shot on. Again, those free legged pacers are tough because they have a tendency to, to break the odd time. And, you know, he got away cleanly. Got away in the two hole, and then he had room down the stretch. And when when he came on, had a clear racetrack. I mean, he paced home well in, in twenty seven and one. Just really, was really never in doubt. Uh, to be honest, he was a strong winner. And again, there's only two horses who have a win in this field. It's Holy Jalapeno and Tour Champion. Uh, for me, Tour Champion is just a. It's going to be a stone cold single for me. At, at what's going to be like I said, a fraction of the price. Yeah, and Jody's hot right now, huh? He won four on Monday. Uh, he's sort of back in the groove. Uh, he he kind of had some. Uh, some some lean months there but uh you know now he's he's starting to get some some live drives and he's starting to take advantage and uh he he ends up back on this one and 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 look he probably should win uh, if he, he repeats that last race that 54 and 1 27 and 1 kick he probably does but he's had his share of quirks in the past and when you have a horse like that that's going to be a short price that has proven to find trouble one way or another it, it's for me, I, I do not mind doubling the ticket. And I'll double the ticket with the six, uh, Holy Jalapeno, who's third back off the bench, raced, I thought, very well with uh, Edsel driving last time. You know, tested uh, the front end early, uh, was out a long way, and then uh, ended up losing to a perfect trip speaker of peace, uh, who was a well-driven winner there, well-meant. I know you like that one also. I, I thought that he's improving, that he should be up close, that they're probably going to be aggressive. Now, is he going to beat Tour Champion? We'll see. But Tour Champion sometimes has been known to beat himself. So give me the six and seven in race number one. Race two, uh, New Holland Pacing Series. This is uh, one of the new series uh, this spring at Mohawk here. And uh, it's numbers of 150,000 in 2022. So these are upper level sort of pacers and we have a field of seven here some very much familiar names from the uh, free-for-alls in recent weeks john where'd you go race number two well i i went with three deep in the uh, i went all with the the outside horses the middle to the outside i went with the five ario hanover missed a couple weeks prior to the start was pretty good when, when he took on the free-for-all uh, last time he was pacing strong at the end of the mile um, and Woodmere Steel Deal, another horse that has been racing in the free-for-alls and, and racing racing pretty well. I mean, last week's effort was pretty good. I mean, he had pace, but he was kind of locked in. Um, I believe it was, yeah, Salzburg Victor kind of didn't give him, uh, sorry, Wheels on Fire didn't give him that open lane last week. And he he looked like he had a lot of pace at the end of it. And a horse that is probably, I mean, probably outclassed in here, but it was the best I've ever seen him since he since he's uh, raced in the Bear Jean Barn was Nautical Hanover. I mean, he was literally just pacing really well at the end of the mile last week. I mean, he was pacing up a storm. This is a horse that I was really w looking forward to um, when he came back, but then I realized that he was paid into the series and I knew he'd be facing some upper condition pacers. Um, but again, you know what? We've seen some long shots coming in the, on the trotting side of things. Maybe this is a horse that is going to be the best price and, and maybe he can work out um, an upset here. But I, I loved his race last week. Again, this might be tougher, but I, I just really loved his race. So I'm going to go for uh, five, six, seven here. Yeah, I agree on the five and the six. Uh, the thing about Nautical Hanover for me is, is that he's going to have to step up, right? I mean, he, he kicked 25 and three. That's going to stick out like a sore thumb. That's going to bring money his way. I think James getting on second off the bench is going to bring money his way. And he just, 
he's never been quite this fast now, has he? Now, he's a four-year-old. Obviously, he should get better, should improve, should be fast. But he's facing horses like Woodmere Steel Deal, who you know, was capable of winning the preferred on January 28th and has been competitive getting checks every week against the so much more as the wheels on fires of the world. I, I feel like that he's going to need to improve and maybe that price isn't going to correlate as much as I would want it to. So I would leave him out. Uh, I'll also use Arrow Hanover. I, I feel like that he he shipped up and kind of went through these conditions and and he did get a perfect trip on February 11th, but he came flying by and in, in a 50 and one mile. And then they gave him a week off. He, he shows back up, and he's in the free-for-all. Did he race well there? Yeah, absolutely he did. He really had no chance the way the race shaped, and they flew home in there. He did He did fine. Uh, ended up fourth, only beaten two. He's proven he fits with these horses. I'm going to use one other one, though, and I feel like the morning line's a little low on him, but that's a two Highland Beach lover. Uh, broken equipment, two back in the free-for-all. No chance. Just completely pissed, pitched that line. Last week really was never, not really involved uh, in that race. Ended up finishing seventh, so he's a little dirtied up here. Those that race back on February eighteenth was very very good that night. Ended up in a fifty and two mile, beating a few of these horses. The don't poke the dragons. The he's in control, so he fits against those. I just feel like that he should be. Uh, much better against these kind of horses and, and have a much better chance. And, and this horse can win with any trip. He can blast on the front. He can come from off of it. He can grind it first up. He's made 420,000. Give me two, five, six in race number two. The third race here, it's uh five-year-olds and younger, another non-winners of one uh, on the pace. John, where are you at here? Yeah, I'm going with another single and oddly enough, another horse that, does get a bit steppy, but I'm, I'm going to single red coin. Honestly, that was a horse that I thought qualified well on February 24th. was lightly raced as a two-year-old. I mean, he, his first start out, he kicked home in 26-4 and four with Jameson at a big price uh, in, in a grassroots event. Came out the, the following week and was 5-1 and broke right off the gate. Still still finished off pretty well uh, despite that break. And then we never, saw him, we never saw him the rest of the year after that. All of a sudden, he comes in his first start as a three-year-old, and he raced really well. I mean, he raced against – he finished a strong second to, to Sporty Bob, who – Looked like he was a winner the whole race, and I think that if James just uh, kind of just gets away, just gets away just fine, uh, floats him out there. I think he's gonna be the one to be. I, I just don't think anyone's gonna be able to pace faster enough late in the late stages of the mile, and I think that he he should be a winner if he if he behaves himself. Yeah, he's probably supposed to win, right? He's gonna be uh, under even money, I would think, in this race. And I actually liked him, and he was bet to under two to one versus Sporty Bob in that race. And I thought raced very well. I mean, he was getting to him late, obviously wasn't going to catch him. I think that, that uh, sporty Bob had him put away, but I like the fact that he kept digging to the wire. I, I feel like that, that there's more here. I, I do like these horses that sort of raced in grassroots at two and, and maybe the, the owners gave him some time. And now here they come back at three and right out of the gate, uh, the, this horse is already showing that, that it has something. And, and you would think that he, he might end up in, you know, grassroots or some sort of stakes program again. So he's going to be tough to beat. One horse I will mention here, and, and I do think, you, you know, you could single the the seven here, but uh, it's the four Manhattan artist. And if you watched on Monday at London, that number is a 2,500 race. Uh, this horse came flying late at the end. And, uh, you know, even the announcer, Sugar Doyle, mentioned, oh, this is one to watch next time. Circle him up for next time. All of a sudden, bam, Saturday night, he's in at the big track. He draws perfect. He's 10 to 1 morning line. He's going to be far higher than 10 to 1 morning line. I think you need to, maybe not for Maltese, but use this horse in your exotics. 
I feel like a, a much better effort is coming, especially from this barn, very capable of developing young horses. Uh, look at Manhattan Artist, I think, in race number three underneath. Race number four, non-winners of 15,000 lifetime. Here's another uh, set of horses that are you know inexperienced, mostly like your non-winners of one, non-winners of two type horses. John, where are you at in race four? I went three deep here. Again, it's the non-winners of 15,000 lifetime, Ontario sire, 22 and a, and a half thousand. Again, these these two and three-year-olds, they get to stay in these classes due to due to allowances, right? So, I mean, you have Profundo who's made over 25,000. You have the World of Play who's made over 25,000. Again, they sneak into this they sneak into this class because of allowances because they are two and three-year-olds. They are three-year-olds. Three um, so then I'm, I'm going to go with both of them because I think that Profundo, I'm going to go with the three Profundo because I do think that he's capable of a big effort, right? Again, maybe now he draws the three not much of a difference between three and four hole, but he could, if he gets towed into it and gets a good trip, he can outpace these late, and he could be a horse that, if he's within striking distance, can win. And eventually, he's going to price himself out of this class. So that's a horse I'm going to use. The same with the will to play. Again, put forth a that was a good effort. He tripped up, but it was a strong effort. I mean, he really didn't show much of those last two tries. The snowshoe series he was probably uh, way above his head. Comes back in the non-winners of fifteen thousand um, lifetime condition. Puts forth a so-so effort against the horse that he had no. Probably couldn't be in a Palladium Hanover. And last week, on the on a, sorry, last start on the February 25th, chips out but was pacing strong on the end of it. That's a horse that's going to take support and I think does have a great chance. And I am going to use the nine speaker of peace. He had the eight hole last time he left out. He did trip out, but I do think that this Colt does, this gelding does have ability. So I'm going to go with the nine I, and the three and the six. So just three deep for me. I agree on a couple of them. I mean, obviously, here's the Profundo uh, argument again. I, I know your affinity for this horse. And uh, like you said, eventually he's probably going to get there. I mean, he's running out of chances kind of versus these these levels just because of his earnings. He just needs to be close, right? I mean, he always brings the kick. He needs to find his way into the race. I'm not sure. I feel like there's a little more speed to chase here and maybe a little bit more speed that might be more likely to come back. Uh, will to play, I thought raced very, very well, February 25th and, and, uh, did trip out there, but was going forward at the end, kicked 27 and two and, and beat some decent ones in there. Um, you know, better sunset came back to win out of that race. He's going to be close. I feel like he's going to be bet though. You got seven to one last time. I would imagine you're going to get two to one here, but he's probably supposed to beat these horses. I'm going to use one other one though. in the five, uh, pay line. This horse shipped from Flamborough after a blowout win on February 23rd, where when favored, you know, got J Mac on March the 4th and, and really, you know, kind of raced evenly from the eight hole. It wasn't terrible. I, I feel like it was an acclimating mile. Now you lose J Mac here. Uh, he is obviously going to pick the six here, but you pick up Sorry. You're going to pick up a, a, another price here. And, and, the, the other ones are, are can be a little pace dependent. I mean, the three needs a setup. The six needed a setup last time to win. So I don't mind a little bit of price shopping here. And I think the five could be used. And if you're looking for another price, I, I you know would, would use almost like the 10 as a C on the ticket. Uh, Captain Q won first time out on February 11th and then had trouble here on February 25th in that will to play, play race. He was seven to one in that race also. Now he draws poor, but McNair is back on. This is sort of a hidden horse for me, kind of. And, and I feel like with these connections, they're never really out of it. Uh, they could blast from out here. And he's sort of interesting to me. So don't leave that horse out in race number four. The fifth race, uh, numbers of 14,000, last five on the pace. John, how are we going to get paid? 
Yeah, and another one. I'm just gonna. Um, this is a really, really cheap ticket for me. And I'm just gonna single backstreet gambler. It was his first start in about in over three weeks, and um, I mean, he was he was really good. He just couldn't beat Kamara Moman, who who's just, who's just sharp right now. And again, he, he should probably be a little bit tighter here. And uh, there's a couple. I, this is what happens when you start beating these non-owners of two, non-owners of three, non-owners of four, winners of six, but not more than four conditions. You keep winning races, and you and you move you move yourself up. Now you're in the Middle class, uh, middle middle upper condition classes now non runners of fourteen thousand. I mean, you just keep winning races, and obviously the comp- level of competition that you face is going to increase. Now there are a couple of good horses here, like the boss set's got a nice late kick, but the boss set has had good trips against Backstreet Gambler in the past and couldn't get to him. Now you have some other horses moving up. Rock me, roll me is a horse that's obviously capable, just just not himself at the moment. Uh, you have Doctor Joe who keeps. He's, where's he going to be? He's going to be too far back in the mile, I think. To even get to these horses, real Willie's been a disappointing um, horse. Doesn't like to win, so you start looking down the list and you start thinking to yourself, you know what? I know a horse who draws well. He's going to be activated early, likely going to likely going to make himself make his way to the front at some point, whether it's be after the quarter or right away. And they're going to have to catch him. And I do think that he's just so good right now. I'm just going to single him. I don't even want to waste equity anywhere else because I do think that he's a clear horse to beat. Now, wasn't he nominated to that uh, New Holland series, though? Isn't he nominated for that or no? I don't believe so. No, I don't believe so. He's not. Okay. You know, because Kamara Moment is, and Kamara Moment, and we're going to talk about that one in race number six. I agree. And it didn't even look like he was kicking home 26 and two. Uh, You know, he had missed uh, several weeks and he did get a perfect trip, but uh, that horse is streaking right now that he faced, and and that horse just outkicked him uh, to the line. I, I think Backstreet Gambler is. He plays well here, but like you said, stepping up and stepping up against horses like Rock Me Romy, who has beaten horses that are better than this. And, you know, you can pitch that last line from the 10 hole. J-Max sticks here. Now we're getting the six hole versus some horses that are stepping up. So if the real Rock Me Romy shows up, he's definitely capable of beating these horses. It's 10 to 1 morning line. He'll definitely play okay in multis. And I think that he probably needs to be used for me. Dr. Joe's another one that, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of, but if you watched last week, I know it was numbers of 4,500. He never looked a loser the entire way around. He looked just, he was put out in the middle of the track early, really never uh, was ever going to lose that race. And he kicked 27 and he rode by him easy. Now has to step back up again, but did have trouble on February 25th. And, uh, you know, so he, he went, probably would have been closer in there. Uh, that might have prevented him from dropping last week. I feel like he fits. He he does need help. He usually does, but he is capable. And then Real Willie, he left last week. Uh, he left against the Bayfield Beach, who was 1-5, to five, and Shadow and Red, who raced pretty well. This horse lost to Roll with the Flow 2-back. He's in control 3-back. What would those horses be in this race? I feel like that they would be bet. I feel like that they would be sub 2-1. to one. I like that McNair gets back. When McNair's on this horse, he tends to blast. I feel like he controls this. Backstreet camp gambler is probably going to be in his back. It's just a matter of who can outkick who. If they get crazy on the front, that brings your closers in. That brings your Dr. Joe's, your Rock Me Romies, and they're going to be prices. That's how you're going to get paid. Uh, I'll spread here. Give me five, six, seven, eight to finish the pick five. Okay, so let's cap our tickets. John, tell us. Uh, I know your ticket was a little bit short. Let, let us know what you played here. Yeah, so I'm singling the seven in race one, and then the race two, I'm going five, six, seven. Race three, I am singling the seven again. And race four, I'm going three, uh, sorry, three, six, nine. And race five, I'm going to single the five. So my ticket is really, really cheap. I mean, it's a, it's a $9, $9 ticket. Yeah. Uh, that's it. 
that's not bad. So I know the way you play, you'll be you'll you'll be playing ten dollar pick fours probably here. But um, I I feel like that's that's one way to play it. Uh, another way would be you could do like an ABC type method where you could lean more on some of these horses that are going to be shorter prices, you know, like the Tour Champions. Um, you know, in race number one and, and like the red coins in race number three, my ticket's a little more, uh, I'm six, seven with the two, five, six with the seven, uh, with the three, five, six with the five, six, seven, eight, that's 1440 for 20 cents. It's 72 for a dollar. Now I might throw some C tickets in there. Maybe throw a ticket in with the four in race number three, maybe use the, the 10 as a C in race number four. So there's other ways you can play here. And, um, you know, again, it always pays well, low takeout, $100,000 guarantee, and uh, the pools have been very good. The pools have been over 150000 recently. I think on Monday, what was it, 168 or something like that. So there's lots of money being bet in that early pick five. All right, we're going to talk about one more race, and then we're going to be done, and that's the other New Holland pacing series, and it's race number six, uh, number, another $30,000 purse. I feel like that this race came up a little lighter than the other division. John, what do you think here? Well, this is such a tough race because – You've got a lot of horses who are, I mean, you've got a few horses in here who, who like the front, right? Well, a couple in particular, and it's the horse, it's horses like Camara Moment and South Beach Hanover. Now, South Beach Hanover does its best racing on the front. And last week, that was just a, that was a huge mile. I mean, 49 and four went to the front and just kind of opened up and, and, and just uh, paced away on them, right? So now you get Camara Moment who likes the front too, but is South Beach Hanover going to let him get there? Who knows, right? This might be a race that sets up for a closer. I, I'm not, I mean, Mama Sunburn is that horse, but again, hasn't raced since December 17th, and then his first start back is is in the New Holland Pacing Series, right? Jury books off that one and takes the longest yard, who was really good. That was his first start since shipping in from Batavia. Now, again, Salty Channel has a chance to pace away on them, but there could be some action up front, so I am actually going to probably side with the longest yard. It is the morning line favorite, Robert Reed's top choice here. I thought that was a good effort, and if they mix it up, he could he could get a good piece out of this, and he should get acclimated a bit better. It's a second start um, here on this circuit. Yeah, but the problem is, is the 20 to one's gone. I do find it very interesting that Wad drove the longest yard last time, and now all of a sudden he shows up on Mama Sunburn and Drury, the main us yellow driver, shows up on that horse uh, when when Mama Sunburn is is quite the quirk machine. I mean, th- this horse is is fantastic in the straightaways and on the turns. He's a, a little bit, uh, you know, iffy, and and uh, so maybe this is a prep for him. I, I would be more you know, kind of likely to think that, that it might be. And, and if you look at his back lines, he, he needs time in between races. He has a big kick. I mean, there's no question for a while there, this horse was one of the fastest horses on the track. If you look back in September, he was kicking 26 flat and 49 and two miles against these kind of horses. So uh, I would probably kind of steer clear of mama sunburn in this race, just because I want to see one. Uh, I do think the longest yard has a big chance, but the price is going to be much lower. I like commanding officer a little bit. I feel like that maybe I've been chasing him. Uh, you know, he just, he's so capable of that huge rally and he's capable of very fast miles. It's just his last few races just haven't been that great. I mean, he was two to, he was sub three to one there on February 25th and he left and you thought, okay, this is going to be a good, a good race against American history. And he just didn't have it. And then last week he had the eight hole. He sat, he kicked 27 and three in a fast race, but he was never catching South Beach Hanover. He was never catching anything up front of him. Uh, I don't know. I, I do find it interesting that J Mac ends up back on this horse. I know he's capable. I feel like you're going to get a price again. It's just a matter of is he going to wake up? So he's interesting. I do like Longest Yard probably on top, but. 
give me some commanding officer underneath. Okay, so we had a kind of a different show this week, and um, you know we 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 did some interviews. We're doing some handicapping per usual. John, what do you have to plug uh, this week while we're finishing up here? Nothing. Just uh, it's it's the same old for me, pretty much. Just whatever I'm doing for Trot, and obviously the metal and stuff that I do for you as well. Obviously, like um, just love this game, and I love uh, I love the handicapping side of it too. I mean, there's just so much good in terms of the stories that you could tell around the industry and uh, the hand- handicapping portion. I mean, it's a betting game, right? It's how it's how we all got involved in the sport. It's uh, watching races and uh, handicapping them. And yeah, the Meadowlands has been fun uh, taking on that challenge. It's a, it's a racetrack that I really wasn't too familiar with. And I kind of wanted to challenge myself. Um, and so far it's worked out well. And thanks for to you for giving me the opportunity to uh, post picks publicly. I think it's really helped. Um, it's really helped in terms of my handicapping as well, kind of forcing me to look at those races and challenging myself. And uh, I think people have benefited from it. I think I've got a pretty warm reception, um, especially the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. And it's, it's well-deserved. I mean, I, we don't put people in those positions that, that aren't going to, to put the work in. And, and that's just, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. And, and, and the, the site is free, but the, the work isn't. Uh, we, you know, we do a lot of, a lot of work on that website and, and we have, you know, it's not who picks.com. We have, we have Mohawk every day. We have Meadowlands on the weekends. Century's back this week. Uh, Murray has picks for those. Murray Slaw, he's excellent horse player. Uh, Rosecroft, Western Fair, Rod's taking care of those. Rod's doing really well with the, with those picks. And uh, so, and, and now we have some other pods, you know, starting to come to fruition too, uh, planned. I mean, we have some Meadowlands pods paid um, for this summer for their big races. We're working on deals with Hoosier and, and, you know, maybe some Yonkers uh, content that's going to be coming out. So we're trying to, you know, put the work in, expand these podcasts, give you guys content. Uh, Don't forget about the Meadows too. Kevin's doing a great job at the Meadows. Uh, So all these tracks are available to you. The guys are putting in the work, so so take some time and and look at those things. And and we're not saying that you know every race you're going to get perfect, but we just got to give you ideas and different angles and and things to look at. And and you can you know choose to use, you can choose to ignore, you can choose to fade. But check it out; it's definitely worth your time. Check out some of the other in the money podcasts that are going on right now. JK Plus One is back. Uh, all PTF stuff for the you know the Triple Crown has ramped up, and and his horse player. Uh, new podcast with Sean Borman. Uh, very, very, very good podcast. I, I do highly recommend that you go to inthemoneypodcast.com. Check out a lot of those podcasts. Worth your time. Go to nahupix.com for picks. Uh, thanks, John, again. Per usual, we'll see you next time. First over without Edison Hatter. <laughs>